I'm Bob Cudmore. This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5. Joining us is Craig Apple, the sheriff of Albany County. I wanted to uh, begin with uh, more discussion of the opioid crisis. I happened to notice this past week a tweet. Uh, you were at a church in uh, Albany with uh, your message about the opioid crisis. Uh, uh, what, what happened at the church? Uh, we were invited down by a, a few community advocates who um, who feel the same as us, that it's important to get this message out and prevention and awareness. And I think education about opioids is important in order to stop this. Um, I mean, when we, we talk about running the sheriff's office as a triangle with law enforcement at one point, treatment at one point, and the education and prevention at the other, and, and a lot of folks out there really don't know how bad it is. I mean, they see the news, but on every now and then the news stops running things because, you know, it's so repetitive. But I'd like to see it out there every night because so many folks just don't understand how bad this is. And, you know, I, I, I know a young girl who just got her wisdom teeth out this week and was loaded up with a bunch of oxycodones. And, you know, and that's kind of how it starts. And then the next thing you know, we migrate to heroin and fentanyl. And, you know, if they're fortunate enough to live... Um, you know, they'll end up in jail. And again, this was at a, a church, Mount Olive Baptist in Albany, you know, an urban setting, but you've also uh, taken uh, this talk uh, out into the suburbs, out in the country. Yes, Bob, we've been to rural areas down in Rensselaerville and Westerlo. We've been all through Colony and Gilderlin. Um, we've got one coming up in Bethlehem in May, mid-May. Um, we were on all over the city. We've been in Rensselaer County, Schenectady County, um, we've been all over the place, and um, we'll go anywhere. If I don't care if the crowd's two or the crowd's two hundred, as long as we can um, touch a few people, who will then touch a few people. Is anything different, or has, has this made a difference? I think that a lot of people are being very cautious. I get calls from um, parents all the time now, wanting to turn drugs in that maybe their son or daughter was prescribed as the result of a sports injury or something to that effect. So I think people are paying attention, but there's still a lot of people out there that aren't aware of what's going on because it just, you know, luckily for them, it hasn't touched them yet. Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple is with us. Again, I saw something new since the last time you were on, uh, another program, Fire Training for Inmates. Uh, Can you explain this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, back in 08, 09, Bob, uh, volunteerism took a big hit when um, the stock market crashed. People had to go back to work, get second, third jobs. Spouses that were able to stay home had to go back. So volunteerism took a big hit. And um, our department experiences that every day because we also run an ambulance service that augments a lot of the volunteers in the outlying areas. And within the last two years, we've had to take over two volunteer agencies that have gone under. So, um, you know, I, I know that fire departments are struggling all over the place. So we were like, you know what? Um, I like to keep the inmates busy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, let me stop there for a second. In the state program, in order to be a volunteer firefighter, the state says that you cannot be convicted of arson or a sex offense. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's people in the in the fire program that have been burglars, um, that have been manslaughter, convicted, assaults, whatever. Our program is all low level, um, maybe a D or an E felony, mostly misdemeanors. Um, they're guys that have been sentenced and um, and volunteered for this program and want to give back to their community, and I applaud them for that. You know, uh, jail, when you go to jail, it's a, called a correctional facility, and the reason for that is you want to correct correct that behavior. You want to release a better person, and I think we do a damn good job at that at our jail. 
Our guys are very uh, involved in training inmates in a variety of different programs to keep recidivism down and to pre- produce a productive citizen when they get out. And this program has got the support of um, a lot of area fire chiefs. Um, a lot of area fire chiefs have called and asked to if, if once they're up and running, if they could you know work with them a little bit to see how they are. We bought a fire truck off of the Colony Village for $15,000 with um, money seized from drug dealers. And other fire departments can also train on that truck so they mm-hmm. don't have to take theirs out of service. It's a great program. A lot of people, you know, were like shaking their heads thinking, oh, my gosh, we got these criminals. Well, I hate to tell you, but there's a lot of folks out there right now that have criminals or have uh, <laughs> um, criminal backgrounds. But you know what? They've turned their life around. So let's give them the second chance they deserve. How many are taking this course? Well, we're, we want to start very small because this is the very first class. It's going to kick off within the next week or two. Um, we only have five. We want a very manageable group, and we want to be able to give them training in, obviously, exterior fire operations. We're going to evolve into um, self-contained breathing apparatus, hazardous conditions, AED training, CPR training. So we're going to give them a lot of training that it takes a long time to get. We're going to give it to them condensed because, let's face it, I've got their undivided attention. <laughs> so let's keep them busy. Let's keep them working. Well, some would say, well, when they get out of uh – the jail, that, that's going to be the end of that. They're not going to bother with this? I don't think so because um, we've got a couple that are very excited. They're from the Hilltowns in Albany County. I've also got a couple from Colony, and uh, the Colony chief is ex- that, that who's in their district is very excited because, uh, you know, he's like, I hope they really stick to it because we need volunteers. We need people, especially on the daytime. So um, we'll see how it works. You know mm-hmm. what? Listen, if they get out, Bob, and they decide they don't want to be volunteer firemen, at least they're going to know how to do it. God forbid a neighbor's house catches on fire or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. They're going to know how to save somebody's life with CPR or AED training. So you know what? Uh, we'll stand by the program. I'm, we're very okay. content with it. And would it be possible for them to fight fires while they're still in jail? You know what I mean? No, that's you a little know, bit unrealistic. Okay. But what we will do is we'll have them out training with other volunteers at the training at the fire tower. And um, so they'll get to interact with people. And know, look, at these are guys that were in there for DWIs, aggravated unlicensed operation. One's in there for a family mm-hmm. court violation. These are not murderers. These are guys that, you know, you could be walking and standing next to at a restaurant and you would never know the difference. Mm -hmm. And this isn't the only uh, program like this that you have. You have one – we were just talking about opioids. You have one having to do with drug abuse, right? We have the SHARP program, the Sheriff's Heroin Addiction Recovery Program, which is – it's actually gained uh, national recognition at this point because our recidivism is down to about 14 percent, where typical county jail recidivism is 42 to 45 percent. And um, it's a great program. We actually just, uh, within the last couple of weeks, well, maybe a month now, um, hired a graduate of the uh, treatment program. He came back to thank us and said that, uh, you know, the program saved his life. And, um, you know, that's why we do this. You know, it's about changing that behavior and releasing a better person. And you know what? If you can turn a few people around and make them productive citizens out there in the community, then you know what? It's a success. Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple joins us. Uh, last time you were on, this this story was really hot uh, about handling sick animals. Uh, there was video of a Queemans police force using patrol cars to run down and potentially kill uh, rabid uh, animals. And now there's been some training for officers in the wake of this story. What was the training about? Well, you know, listen— um Whatever your opinion is on the whole incident down in Queemans, um, it, it could have went down differently, and it probably should have went down differently. But the, the issue that a lot of small agencies face 
or that they don't know the resources that are out there and they don't know the training that's available. And some of these agencies are mostly part time. And, uh, you know, so they did what they 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 basically used the resources they thought they had at uh, their disposal at that time. So right, wrong or indifferent. Um, I got together with Mohawk Hudson Humane Society, the district attorney, uh, the David Soares district attorney's office and um, the um, Animal uh, Protective Federation. And mm-hmm. we're like, you know what, we need to do something. And of course, New York State DEC got involved and we we're able to put together a very robust program only took a, a day to get it out and uh, or to, to you know to train and show everybody the resources that are out there and the training that's out there and the advocates that are out there to help you and the rehabilitators that are out there to help you so I think it was a very good program and we'll wait for some feedback from that mm-hmm. one and we'll tweak the program accordingly and um, we'll you know hopefully travel around and be able to show other agencies in other counties um, you know what's available Basically, or one of the resources, is is it the state? I mean, the environmental conservation? Well, the state is um, obviously very good at it. Um, it's, it's really their purview. But the other fact of the matter is that they won't come out for a lot of incidents like mm-hmm. that. So you need to train some locals in how to deal with it or at least show them the resources that are available. Um, fortunately, in Albany County, we have um, uh, the sheriff's office has an animal response team. So we have a trailer filled with all kinds of equipment in it that uh, anything from holding livestock to holding kitty cats. So, um, you know, we have uh, the containment poles. uh, You know, we have everything available, traps, cages, whatever the case may be. Um, But, you know, if people don't uh, know what we have, they're not going to call to use it. So our biggest uh, mission here was to get out, let everybody know what's available and uh, hopefully prevent something like this in the future. And your deputies recently saved a three-legged dog from a cliff in Thatcher Park. (laughs) How was that accomplished? Well, this was a relatively bizarre call. Um, You know, we happened to see a parks officer, you know, coming down into um, town in New Scotland. So one of our cars got on the air and asked if, um, you know, is there a call in the park? And uh, they didn't think there was at that point. They reached out to parks and parks said, well, there's a dog standing on the edge. And... um, Usually that's kind of indicative of maybe the owner jumped and uh, the dog is, you know, either A, going to jump as well to follow the owner or B, just sit there. So by the time the officers got up there, the dog was down onto another edge and, um, you know, they didn't know what was going on. They were able to go down, rappel down. It wasn't like a massive rappel. It was able to go down, Mm -hmm. rappel down, rescue the dog, bring the dog up in the harness. And um, the dog was very friendly and it had a, uh, a tag on it, thank God, with the owner's name and number. They called the owner, and the owner was actually in the park. Uh So that was a blessing. And uh, the owner came down. The unfortunate thing is when the owner came down, he was intoxicated. So that didn't end well. But anyway, the dog's alive, the dog is safe, and um, it was a nice little rescue. Pistol permits. Um, You've said, I believe, that you want to have your deputies uh, do the training for people who get pistol permits. Um, that's not the way it works now, and, and why do you feel this would be better? Well, I, I, w- I want to have the deputies engage. I don't want them to take over the training. Here's the issue is that um, you go and you get to training, and um, you file for your permit. You've never shot a weapon in your life or handled the handgun, and you get your permit, and now you go out, and God forbid something horrific happens in your community, and you go out and buy the biggest handgun you can find, Um, You have no idea how to shoot it, but yet you legally can own and possess that weapon. Mm -hmm. So what we wanted to offer was twofold. Um, A, we wanted to offer a training program where you actually have live fire if you're interested. It's not a mandatory program. 
And if you train and you certify um, on our qualification course put on by our, our state certified instructors, you would then also be guaranteed your concealed carry permit. And that's what a lot of folks want their permits for. They want to be able to carry it. And um, a lot of folks just get the hunting and target and they'll have to wait a couple years and show that they're responsible. But if we, you come in and you take our class, which will be extensive, we will then guarantee your permit. Here's the problem. Uh, I can't, I don't have the authority to sign the permits. We do all the investigations on them and the backgrounds and the neighborhoods mm-hmm. and everything else. But then that goes to the judges. Some of the judges don't see it as a priority, so it may sit for a long time. And, uh, you know, to have to wait 18, 24 months for your pistol permit, I think is, you know, it's, it's excessive and it shouldn't be that. It's, it is your, your right to possess your, um, to have your pistol permit. And uh, I just think there should be more training involved in it. Mm. Will this require an act of the legislature? Yes, it does, actually. And uh, we've been working on it. Uh, Senator Amador um, has passed it three times. Um, it seems to be getting hung up in the assembly all the time because the assembly doesn't want to touch anything with the gun word in it. Mm-hmm. But this is a training initiative. This is a safety initiative. And we're not trying to take any money away from the pistol groups or anything to that effect. This is just if you want to volunteer for this program, we're there and we'll be able to do it. Mm-hmm. We already uh, discussed the opioid crisis. I meant to bring this up then. But uh, – there's a new prescription drug, and I must confess, I was prescribed it myself, mm-hmm. and a lot of people my age, it's, it's a pain reliever called gabapentin. Yes. Have, have you heard about this, and what's, what's, what are the issues with, with this in terms of uh, the opioid or, uh, or addiction? Well, you know, listen, there's hundreds, maybe thousands of painkillers out there, and they, they were created for just that, to help people who are in pain to relieve that pain, to make, give them a better quality of life. But unfortunately, a lot of people will take these and, um, and turn it a really good thing into a really bad thing. And gabapentin's been around for a while. Um, it's not like as popular as, you know, the typical, you know, oxycodone or hydrocodone or anything to that effect. But it's getting bigger. It's, getting, it's starting to get traction and people are becoming aware of it. It's no different, Bob, than what people did with Robitussin and things mm-hmm. like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they'll mix Robitussin and, you know, and Sprite or whatever the heck it is, and kids are drinking that. So, I mean, if they can find something, uh, a way to get a buzz or a high, they're going to do it. I, mean, I got the impression that people were using uh, or misusing gabapentin with other, uh, like, like an opioid. Or well, they something. do. Um, listen, some of these folks will, you know, Mix this stuff with anything. And unfortunately, what's happening is a lot of them are mixing it with a fentanyl or a car fentanyl, and that's what's killing our people. And, you know, we've got, we still have young individuals and even middle aged individuals dying in our community almost every day as an overdose. Pick up the paper on any given morning and look for the died suddenlies. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad because, uh, you know, I, I think that the doctors can do better. I think the pharmaceutical companies need to do better. And I think government needs to do better. Autism Award. You recently received the Community Leadership Award from the Autism Society. What work has viewer, uh, the sheriff's office been involved with regarding people with autism? Well, I got to tell you something. This is something that's very near and dear to us and several members in our department. A few years ago, we, got, um, we, we became aware of um, the increasing amount of young individuals that were on the autism spectrum. And um, so we wanted to help them and draw some awareness to this. So 
Um, we started programs like game night, which we, we held a couple Fridays back, which was incredible. We had 24 young individuals in there playing with the deputies and our explorers, and we give them pizza. And Fuller Road Firehouse is awesome. They, mm-hmm. um, they give us great hospitality. And uh, to see the kids interact with the law enforcement is great because as these kids get older, Bob, maybe they're going to get stopped in a car or something to that effect. And they'll know how to deal with the officer. And they'll know that, you know, listen, we're not evil. We're not bad people. We're your friends. You remember us from game night. Um, we also take them to the airport and show them how to go through the x-rays and the scanners mm-hmm. and how to walk down the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the platform into the plane. So they're not, you know, sometimes they don't want to be searched. They don't want to be touched. So... Um, and we also run Project Lifesaver, which is a small watch-like device that goes on your wrist. It emits an RF. If you walk away, we have that frequency. We can come and find you, and it's a rescue as opposed to a recovery. Um, we have an autism awareness car. Um, you know, it's something that uh, we've really take, um, we've taken a liking to it and uh, some great people that have been great partners with the Autism Society of the Capital District. Crime Victims' uh, Rights. Crime Victims' Rights Week was held uh, last month. Um, are things improving in, in how government and society treat victims of crime? I think things are improving. Um, you know, just this week, I think there was a setback in the southern part of the state. Uh, I was made aware of an incident where they read about um, a son's death on Facebook. Mm. Um, but, you know, listen, sometimes things are, are going to happen. But I think overall, it's um, it's improving tenfold. Uh you know, the district attorney's office locally does a great job. They have crime victim advocates. We have advocates. Um, we try to, you know, help people through the system. And the system's not an easy system to um, to maneuver within. So um, I think, yes, to answer your question directly, yes, it is improving. I think we still have work to do. There are people who are now advocates for crime victims because wasn't that the origi- one of the original complaints? Complaints, if you will, that, that nobody was really looking out for crime victims. Yes, we actually have people. I know that the district attorney, David Soares, has a great staff that deals directly and solely with victims. Um, we have folks that are multitasking. They're investigators, but they also handle the victims. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, at you want to keep them informed. You want to protect them. You want to make sure more than ever that they're getting the treatment that they need because some people – may have been, you know, some people may have almost PTSD from having a burglar in their home or mm-hmm. or maybe it was a sex offense or something to that effect. And um, we owe it to them to, to provide this. Another topic in the news the past uh, month or so, the red X's on, on buildings that mark dangerous uh, buildings to prevent injuries to first responders. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, um, I believe members of the legislature are asking that th- that symbol be abolished uh, in favor of an electronic uh, database linked to uh, 911, the 911 uh, uh, system, be- because the uh, argument is that the red X's detract from a neighborhood, make the neighborhood look like it's uh, not a good neighborhood. And right. what do you think? Well, listen, um, I understand with their theory on this, but I also am very concerned about um, first responders, police, firemen, EMS, whatever the case may be. Um, running to a house, does not seeing an X and going in and falling right through the floor. And that's bothersome. And not everybody has um, radios or communications equipment if they're responding from their house or whatever the case may be. To put it in the 911 system, yeah, we'll, in the end of May, we have a brand new system going online. No problem. We could put that in there. But still, we're going to have to really think this over and make sure because if there's a chance of even one public safety person getting hurt, I would oppose it staunchly. 
You've been listening to Talk of the Town with Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 FM. This program will be available as a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com. Next Sunday's guest will be Glenville Town Supervisor Chris Ketsley. I'm Bob Cudmore.